Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music or at podcasttakeitorleaveit.com. Thank you to Vicki Kay for her review, which reads, Work on improving that area in our lives instead of using it as our shield to defend ourselves from the truth. Tiffany Jenkins. Truth spoken right there through my earbuds. Mm -hmm. I love the corny touch of adding music to Tiffany's magical moment. You did that, Dave? Yep. Phil, Phil, put that in there. Oh, my gosh. I love you so much. I love that I have besties in my ears at any time I want and need. May God bless and keep you safe so that you can keep bringing joy to so many of us. What a sweet <sighs> review. Yeah. <laughs> that was really, really sweet. That was sweet. I have to listen to this now. Oh, you mean you don't listen to our own podcast? I do. I must have missed that. <laughs> well, it's kind of already there living it. So I think it's okay. So I'm sick of my own voice. You don't know, I can't even watch if, if Dave is trying to edit something or, and he's playing my videos out like out loud without headphones on, I have to mm -hmm. leave the room. It's like, I can't, yeah. I cannot stand. It pisses me off. The sound of my voice. Same. Mm. So I don't know how anybody in here does Same. it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm your host, Meredith Masony. And I'm your host, Tiffany Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember, we're not professionals at anything you may actually need. So any advice we give you, you can take or leave because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we are going to talk about a um, mama bear who took matters into her own hands we're going to talk about another amazing mom who opened a food pantry literally on her front porch. And I gave Tiffany homework last week to watch the Framing Brittany uh, documentary, the New York Times. I watched it this morning. Did a document. Why can't you do your homework properly? I don't like being told what to do. Okay. Um, so we're going to kind of dissect that a little bit because I feel like if you watch it, you should have some feelings. Like, I'm not saying that our feelings have to be the same, but if you watch it, you should have some type of feelings about it because it was, it definitely opened up my eyes to a lot of things. Um, and Britney Spears and I are the same age. So what? Okay. I don't know why I talk to you. There are literally times where I sit and think to myself, why, why do I do this? Okay. Okay. Good. Is that, was that all three? That is the, all three. Okay. Today we have Sherry from Hawaii opening things up for us. Be sure to call us at 315-834-2696 and leave us a message so you can open the show for us. Aloha. I'm Sherry from Hawaii. When I'm not virtually building the future for high school students, I'm working so stinking hard keeping three coconuts who are 15, 13, and 8, and one hula girl who is 2, alive, entertained, and fed. So let's start this number one syndicated podcast across five galaxies and two Milky Ways with a mom moment. Because let's get real. We are all the greatest moms, and this gig is easy, <laughs> said no mom ever. So give me a mom success or give me a mom fail. Never mind. Just give me coffee or wine. Take it away, ladies. 
Well, she needs her own podcast. That might be my favorite intro <laughs> ever of all time. I'm not joking. She needs her own Tioli. Because I was seriously, how great was Sherry from Hawaii? I loved yeah. how she talked about her kids as coconuts and who That was girls. so cute. That was. She's adorable. Thank you so yeah. much, Sherry. Um, and I will do today's mom moment because it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm at such a loss with what I'm supposed to do. I literally, I'm just at a loss. I'm an expert. Hit me. Okay. So we have struggled. Um, I think, I think a lot of parents feel the way I do about this and I don't know why it, it, it is, but I get really upset every time I have to take my kids to the dentist because I feel judged I feel like they look in their mouths and they're like, you're a horrible parent. Why are your kids' teeth in such wretched condition? How do your kids have this many, you know, like I just feel like, and I'm, I am every day I am in the morning reminding them to brush their teeth at night, reminding them to brush their teeth. If we have something sugary, I'm reminding them like, go brush your teeth right now. We just ate this, blah, blah, blah. Like it's a constant battle for me. When they were smaller, I did brush their teeth for them. But look, my kids are not small. They're Mm -hmm. 14, 12, and 10. I cannot be brushing their teeth for them at this point. Yeah. So yesterday was teeth cleaning day, which I hate. And Congrats on taking your kids to get their teeth cleaned. Well, all three of them, I always schedule them on the same day because it is such a friggin' disaster. My parents never took me. I didn't either, which is, I think, why it's so important to me. Teeth are so important to me because I have a terrible mouth. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I have I have something called soft teeth where, like, I That's literally. That's not a thing. No, it is. Like, I have, I'm more prone to cavities. My teeth, probably because of lack of care, right? But, like, at this point, after putting so much money into my mouth, um, I do take care of my teeth. But you know, I'm 40 now and I'll be on my way to denture soon enough. So my kids, um, you know, Matias has never had a cavity. Nice. Um, which is great, but he really, I think he got lucky. I think he has Dave's geneticals because Dave has never had a cavity. I think there is something in the biology there. I I brush properly at least three times a day. No, I have to remind Dave at night to go into the bathroom and brush his teeth as well, because he'll lay down and he'll say, well, I'm already in bed. I'll do it tomorrow. And it's like, no, you'll, you'll do it now. Go brush your damn teeth. Wait, Um, you tell him that? Yes. You say, no, you'll do it now. Yeah. Go brush your teeth. All day long. Yeah. Or he won't brush his teeth. Oh my gosh. So, so Matthias, Matthias, um, his teeth were fine. Then Brian, who I swear to God, that child never brushes his teeth. He never brushes his teeth. He comes skipping out and says, I got to go to the treasure box. I didn't have any cavities. And I said, there's no way. Let me see that hygienist. So I pull her over and I was like, I need you to tell me what's going on. How does he not have any cavities? She said he doesn't have any cavities. She said he's not a great brusher, but he's got good teeth. And I said, please inform him of how long he should be brushing, blah, 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 blah. And so she sat down with him and she's like, yep, you need to be better about brushing. Here are some floss picks. You need to be flossing. But she looked at me and she's like, he's got really good teeth. And I was like, don't say that in front of him. Mm-hmm. Make him leave the room. Because then he's going to so, so then, so then I get called back for Sophia. <laughs> 
They say, Mrs. Masony, we need to see you in this room. And then they walk me in and she says, and Sophia is already starting to cry because she knows what the hygienist has said to her. Right. And I'm walking into the room and the hygienist looks at me and she says, okay, so no big deal. But Sophia has four cavities. She also has, is, seems to be having some issue with her two front teeth. She's got some pitting. Um, looks like she has soft teeth. And she said that, and I just lost it. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You cried? No. I was, I wow. was just at a point where I was just like, why, like, why? Why, 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 why? Then she hands me the invoice and says, this is, is what it's going to cost to fix her teeth. These two front teeth plus the four cavities. We don't have dental insurance. So I look Same. at it and I'm like, um, I, I, um, I, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, yeah, it's just, you know, $1,500. And I was like, sorry, whoa, what? This is what it costs to fix this. And she's like, yes, um, if I were you, I would go to this website. I'd get this discount dental plan. You can pay this amount. It covers the whole family. And then she hands me a second invoice and she says, if you pay for this discount dental, you can get the cavities filled. Instead of $225 a cavity, it'll be $88 a cavity or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's, and I'm just looking at her and I'm like, can you please tell me and tell my child why? Wait, she back has... back up. Did did you say two hundred twenty five dollars per cavity? Yeah, I didn't tell Dave yet because I knew what was going to happen when we, oh. when we got to this. No, point. no, no, no. I'll fill them at home. Okay. Um, so it was just, it was one of those things where it became, I started to get hot and sweaty. My pit started foaming. Like it was just an intense moment. And Sophia starts to cry. The hygienist is just looking at us like, what's the big deal? And it's like, well, I don't have $1,500 to fill this kid's cavities, but like, can like, tell us what she needs to do? Like, what do we need to do? you know, tell her she needs to brush her teeth more. Like you're the authority here. Like I've been doing this every day, right? Telling her about her teeth. I've been doing this every single day. You tell her you're the woman with the mask shield on and the googly eyeglasses with the lights and the, 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 what do you call it? The smock. They're not wearing smocks. What the hell? The, you know what I'm saying? Scrubs. Like you're the, you're the, you're the person in charge. Tell her she needs to brush more. Tell her she has to be better about this. Tell her that she needs to floss. Tell her that this is the only set of teeth she gets now because she's in her, like, please be the authority figure here. So she's like, well, it could be anything. Does she eat a lot of fruit? And I'm like, no, but she eats candy. It's candy. Like this is clearly candy. Like she eats too much candy. We've talked about this. I've taken it away from her. Anytime somebody gives her candy as a present, I take it and keep it. I don't let her have it in her room because she has a problem. She's addicted to candy. Mm. So, um, I looked at Sophia and we get into the car and she's just bawling her eyes out and she's like, I'm really sorry. And I said, look, I'm not going to have an argument with you. I'm not going to lose my cool. I'm not, I'm not going to go ape shit. I said, but I need you to understand that this, this sugar obsession, we're done now. We're done. I'm, you're not, you're not having candy unless it's a special occasion. I'm going to be vigilant about, about your dental hygiene and making sure you're brushing your teeth. They already have 
electric toothbrushes. They already have access. Like I'm giving them everything that they need and yet they don't take care of their teeth. Are you thinking about having her work off the bill so that she recognizes the value of the dollar? I did think about that because this is going to... Now, I went online and they do have... We used to have one of these discount dental plan where you go in and as long as the dentist takes it, they do like some contracted rate or whatever. Um, and yes, they're right. Somebody said in there, do your kids take vitamins? Are they gummy vitamins? Yes, they are. And the thing is, is she's probably taking those and then not brushing her teeth as well either. Right. Actually, that's my biggest issue. I'll every night I brush my teeth and then I remember my vitamins, which are all, I take gummy vitamins too, because they're delicious. And then I have to brush again. So that was my, I just, I'm just at the point where I feel like they, I feel like they should be old enough to handle this and where this is the second time that she's had multiple cavities that had to be filled at a time. This isn't the first time. This is the second time that we're doing this. I don't know. I feel like I've got a weird opinion about dentists, a conspiracy theory, if you will. Okay. What is that? I feel like dent, so many dental hygienists are going to email me about this. I'm just joking. I feel like sometimes things aren't okay. I shouldn't say this. I don't, uh, uh, my teeth never started hurting until I started going to the dentist. And I feel like they just want, every time I go to the dentist, they discover some new thing that I have to come back for. And I crap you not. I went my whole life spending, maybe this is why, but every, every time he's like, okay, we're going to fill these and you're going to be good to go. And then he's like, all right. And I'm like, sweet, we're done. He's like, well, you got a little something over here in the back corner. I'm going to need to see you back before it gets. And I'm like, are you poking holes in my teeth, dude? Like what is going on? Because every time there's something else every time. And I'm like, and then that part of my brain is like, what if, dude, what if they're given a little extra scraperoo so they get a repeat customer? Because I don't have dental insurance, but they talked me into buying some dental insurance through the office where I pay $250 and they give me 20% off of services, but the services never seem to end. Well, I don't know that they do end, right? Like I think just like things that go wrong on your, you know, medically on your body that your teeth, you know, were getting older. Like I, I, I didn't, I was the same way. We didn't go to the dentist as kids. We didn't get cleanings. I only started getting regular cleanings as a grown adult, Um, by that time I had teeth in my head that had to be removed, root canaled, pulled, like all sorts of issues. Um, and now I just, I, part of me feels terribly because I feel like I did this to Sophia. These are my bad genetics that she got from my side because Dave has wonderful teeth and the boys seem to have taken after Dave. So part of me is like, I don't want to yell at her and be this upset because I feel like part of it is just bad genes. But then the Mm -hmm. other part is the kid squirrels away and hides candy in her room and I know because I go in there and there are I'm finding wrappers well what kid doesn't I don't know I think that hers is she I think she eats way more candy than I I, I, is it I agree she's not allowed is she rebelling because that's no. what I know she's always there. she's always done it I mean no it, it's she has a sweet tooth yeah Same. it's it's she won't she she never wants to eat a meal but she always wants to have something sweet as long as i i'd be like listen dude if you're trying to have this candy you you gotta be like i don't know maybe you've already warned her i don't know 
but we've there had should be lots of conversations about it. Yeah. Okay. But let me ask you this. I suddenly have a dramatic tooth sensitivity. Like I can't eat anything cold. I can't put anything minty near my teeth because it's searing pain. And it was never like that until I started going to the dentist. Well, I mean, you could try a new dentist and see how that goes. Um, I want dentures. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I, I just, I, I myself have had a really hard time. So part of me does like, and that's why I didn't, I didn't yell at her. I didn't lose my cool yesterday. I just said, we're going to make some changes. You're not going to um, so, just be eating candy. Hey, FYI, I just Googled DIY cavity fill at home. <laughs> no. Uh, twenty seven ninety nine. For the kit on it on, on the Amazon, I believe it. They mark the, they get these products. No, for ten cents. No, we are not DIY filling cavities at home. It's a thing. Think, no, no. But thank you. All right, so let's jump in and talk about some things. So I think this is definitely probably going to push you a little bit over the edge. Me? Yeah, because I think we're all, we all freak out when we think that somebody could potentially harm our kids. Clearly that's a a freaky thing. I don't even like watching movies where like a kid gets kidnapped or like it freaks me out. I hate it. Um, but is everybody saying I called it called what? I don't know. In the comments. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so I saw this, I saw this video. There's dash cam footage of a mom who she had called the cops because her da- her 15-year-old daughter came to her and said, um, somebody was just peeking in my window while I was changing. Somebody was watching me change. And the mom freaked out and calls 911. And um, the they end up going outside to, to, to get with the cops. The police pull up. The dash cam is rolling. Right. You see the mom, you see the mom hugging the daughter. All of a sudden you see the mom push the daughter away a little bit. She starts to like get in this stance and then she runs and she like football tackles this guy that is running through the street and she takes him down. What? She laid out the peeping Tom. Wait, what was he still doing there? It says, um, how did she know it was him? On Thursday, a Lake Jackson, Texas mom became became an internet superhero when police dash cam footage caught a mom running, tackling, and holding down a man that was trying to peep through her daughter's window. The police had been called, hence the dash cam footage, and the suspect took off on foot, evading the two police officers at the one side of the home. However, the mom was not messing around. In the footage, we can see her comforting her daughter, and then suddenly she runs into the road, blocks the suspect, and throws his ass to the ground. The mom (laughs) says, I figured the least I could do was get him down, trip him up, you know, whatever. And then the cops would have a chance to catch him. Um, The mom told reporters, my first instinct was to make sure he didn't get any further away. My kids are my life. I was just making sure I could protect them. The suspect was a 19 year old male and um, it came, you know, he was, he was peeping in windows you know, I'm, I think I'm still confused though. So she, so the cops were there after she called about the peeping Tom, correct? I don't, I think the, the, this was not the first time he had done it. And I think the girl had come out and said, that guy is back. 
and she called 911 and I believe they stayed in the house. And so he wasn't alerted to the fact that they had called. So they stayed inside. Then when the police pulled up, I think he was trapped in the backyard because that's where her window was. And the mom came out and then he was trying to figure out how he was going to get through. And so when the cops started walking up the one side of the fence, he ran through thinking he was going to get past them. But the mom was like, oh, hell no. And she laid him out on the street. That's amazing. Would you do that? I don't, you know, I was thinking about it and I don't know if you know what you're going to do in the moment, but I do think that adrenaline, you know, gets pumping and you just start that it's, it's that whole like fight or flight, right? Like, what am I going to do in this moment? And I think when it comes to your kids, Mm -hmm. I don't think you think, I think you act. And this mom was just like the, the footage, she literally just pushes her daughter off to the side when she sees him coming and she starts to like move back and forth. Like she's going to not today, mother trucker. And she trucks him literally. It looks like a football move. She just takes him down and it is a grown man. I'm watching the video right now. Yeah. It's, it's did she get in trouble? No. No, no, no. She got the guy down and then the cops followed up and, and got him into custody. But it was, you know, I don't know if you, I, I don't think you think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She, she took him down. She, she was, she was, she was like an NFL linebacker. Yeah. That was a professional move, dude. No, she, ta- it was a full on tackle. Holy crap. And who's that other, per- uh, what does she do for a living? Oh, I don't know. It didn't say in the story. That is an experienced. She was, she was ready. She was ready. I love her. Let's get her on the show. Look, she, she was serious. Her name. Let's see her name. We got, dude, I want to talk to her. Yeah, we should try. And I mean, I don't know if we could reach out to her. We'd have to find her. I'll show up at her house with a microphone, like a journalist. Mm, Let's see. Just kidding. I can't even ask the grocery store beggar for an extra bag. I can't. I don't know if we must have the mom's name because she comments in the story. So we'll have to look for that. Her name is Phyllis Pina. Phyllis Pina. Phyllis ain't peeing around. You know what I'm saying? It might be Pena. 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 Yeah. Without the tilde. What is it called? Is that right? Um. Yeah. Oh, the little. Yeah. The thing. It's called the tilde. I believe so. Tilde. Tilde. I say tilde. Cause it's, you just say, make up the, well, there's again. an a at the end of it, but I don't think you sp- say it in Spanish. <sighs> Another word that makes no sense. Yeah. It's well, it's Spanish. I'm just not saying it right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we, sh- if, Hey, if anybody knows gave her, her a fist bump, well, Angela she, said she's not, she was, she was on point is all I'm going to say. Love it. And that, it. that, um, we're going to hope that that uh, suspect never does anything like that again for fear of Mrs. Pena. <laughs> She'll be coming at you. Anytime he looks in a window, he's going to be looking to his right and left now. Uh-oh, where's Mrs. Pena? Is she coming to kick my ass? And the answer is yes. Dang, what a badass. So watch out. Um, yeah, and then I was, uh, I was looking through. I always like to find some good news. That was good news. Um, it is. It is. That was good news. Um, but I always like to, you know, I, I had 
watched that the good news show remember when john krasinski was doing that i don't know if he still is but i always like to look for some good news when you know just throughout the week um to either cover on our website or talk about because i feel like this has probably been the longest year we've ever lived we're waiting for that storm to arrive here in southern california (laughs) okay cool dave yeah right back there buddy okay are you producing the show or are you do we have a weather forecast i don't no, what's happening? I'm having my lunch break. So you're watching videos in the middle of our podcast? What? No, I was looking up the story of Miss Pena, and that video started playing. Okay, well, maybe. Apologize. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Well, yeah, you, you really did. You really need to look into getting a new producer. This is, <laughs> like, I can't work in these conditions. The level of unprofessionalism is staggering. <sighs> I'm okay. eating my lunch. Okay, well, you can eat it on the streets because you're fired. Okay, wow. Step, step into in my, my office. office. Okay. Um, but I did like that Krasinski, uh, number one, the way he looks. Number two, that he was doing these good news stories. And so... Oh, I'm sorry, what? I like that he does these good news stories. <laughs> Gosh. Why don't you eat your lunch? That's what I heard. Yep. So I thought we could talk about this because this really was an inspiring story. A local mom started a food pantry on her front porch. Uh, She said, after surviving through food insecurity as a single widow, a mom from Wisconsin recently opened a food pantry to help her neighbors. She basically put a fridge out on her porch with a note that said, take what you need, um, leave what you don't, add things in if you have extra. And so she would fill the fridge. People would come and take things that they needed. Other people would go by her house and donate into the fridge. And it's basically just a way for this community to be like, hey, you know, I had you know, I have extra pasta or I have extra canned veggies. I'm going to leave these here, but I could really use this milk or I could really use some cheese or whatever the hell it is. And they're using that um, fridge. These neighbors have been coming through and, um, you know, filling the fridge, taking what they need. And I just thought it was an amazing story. And the thing that I liked about it was this mom was like, hey, if you want to start one of these in your neighborhood, Um, It's really easy to do. Six ways to start your own food pantry if you're interested. Number one, consider consider whether you want to set it up like the the mom we talked about here or a community fridge. Um, You you can just donate to a local shelter in which people can go in and help themselves on on a need daily basis. Or you can do what she did and put something up on your porch with rules. Most people are following those rules because good people do exist and they will go up and say, okay, this is what I could use. I'm, you know, I'm going to give back by, you know, giving this. I was wondering if it was like a Halloween candy situation. You know how some a-holes just take the whole bowl? I'm you know sure I mean? that happens, but she has said that it's worked out really, really well, and people are being very respectful of the system and the fact that she's offering this up and nice. doing it. So that makes my heart happy. Number two, if you're going to put, like, let's say you don't have an extra fridge to put up on your front porch, just mm-hmm. start something with non-perishables. Put yeah. up a sign. You can have your canned foods, anything that have a 
long shelf life, your pastas, your things that aren't going to go bad by being outside. Um, and right now, obviously it's still winter in the rest of the country, not Florida so much. Um, dude, Texas is in rough. Yeah, it is. I have a, I have a very good friend in Texas and, um, you know, she's been sharing updates, but Texas is definitely being hit hard and they haven't had weather like this in decades, probably Is there a anything century. we can do? The issue right now, the main issue that I'm hearing is that just parts of, of these, you know, neighborhoods that are going without power and there's no way because they don't plow roads there or do things like that to and they're not set deliveries. up to get it, they can't get things fixed. Yeah. So it's basically like when we have hurricanes and things flood and you can't get through to fix or help. It's the same thing because they don't have plows. They're not, you know, so some people who have farming equipment are able to do some of it for their own on their own property, but police and um, power companies are having a really hard time getting through because it's like, how do you get out to them? People There's, are dying though. Yeah. Well, cold. yeah, because they don't have any power and they have no other way to, to, to back up heat. Right. So because they're not, it'd be like, it'd be like p- places here. Like what are Can you going to drop do? blankets from a helicopter or something? I don't or I d- look look I I think they're trying to figure out exactly what the need is where and what's going on but obviously we're happy to help in any way that we can. I've been talking with my friend and she had taken in another family who's whose home had lost power mm-hmm. and hers hadn't. So they were, you know, she was just helping people in the neighborhood who had lost power. Um, but their grocery stores aren't even open. Like nothing is open because they're like, we don't have power. So grocery stores were posting on Facebook to say, Hey, there's tons of food in the streets. Come get it. Come get what you need because we can't, we can't sell it. We can't open the doors and we can't keep it because the power is going off. So they were literally sticking food in the snow and having people drive up and take it. Mm. Milk, eggs, meat, you know, and then I guess you just go home and you, if you can cook it, like you got a grill or whatever or propane, I guess they were just, cause like after the hurricanes, which this is not similar at all, they're very different situations. But when our power went out, when we went several weeks during a hurricane without power, we would just, if we could get our hands on things, we would just cook it all on the propane grill. Mm-hmm. And then we would just keep it in a cooler. The problem okay. was getting ice. Right. So there are different situations. It's not like having a hurricane. It's very different, but going without power for that period of time, it's like, how are you cooking things? How are you keeping, you know, things from spoiling? So it is a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big problem. And I'm, I don't know how long that front is supposed to last where they're getting snow. I don't even know when that's supposed to stop. I I don't either. I know it's still going. I mean, where we, it was what? Beginning of the week, it was 70 degrees. Then it got down to the 50s. Today, it's 80-something, and tomorrow and Saturday, it'll be in the 40s. So there's still more cold weather coming. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was weird because we looked at the forecast for Saturday because Matias has a tennis tournament, and I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be 42 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, but us, then that's you cold. think about people who are in the negatives, and it's like, I can't even complain. Well, no, I, but, but we're not built to, to live in that. Just like these people in Texas, we're not used to that. That's not yeah. weather that we're used to. So it's like, you know, they're not, they're not, they don't friggin' snow plow in Texas. Let us know if there's anything we can do. If you're listening to this and you have any insights, send us an email. I don't know what to do, but it, I want to help if I can, it, you know, even just 
raising awareness about it or something. Yeah, it it is definitely a situation that I don't think people in Texas were expecting. And now they're stuck, literally physically stuck because they're snowed in, which is the weirdest thing to say in Texas. So, yeah. Um, Back to the food pantry thing. If you are thinking about this or you you know, think it might be a good idea for your area. Obviously starting with non-perishables is good, but if you have a way to keep things cold and, and, or donate to a food pantry, they always need milk. That's something I hate how you say it. Well, I'm sorry, but (laughs) why do you say milk milk? I don't like it. I do not like it. Okay. But it doesn't make milk milk makes it sound like a texture milk. Meredith. Why? Is that really how you say it? All the time. Really? Yep. That makes it sound like creamy. Creamy beige. I don't like that. Okay. Everybody needs milk. Uh, Four, make it easy for your neighbors to access the pantry or the fridge by having it in a central location where they don't feel like they're they're going onto your property per se. So like if it is out front, make sure that it's right there like front and center and they don't feel like they have to like go around a side door or that they would be intruding on your property. Right. Because what if you just happen to have a fridge out front? Yeah, you could. Like we had a fridge in our garage in the old house. And if somebody were like sweet food pantry and they take your DiGiorno's and you're like, what the? Your DiGiorno's. Yeah. Yeah. So and and obviously signage. Yeah. This is this is being surveilled. So take only what you need, ho. That's definitely my language. Um, Sorry. Uh, make sure you also, if you were to set this up, cause I do think this is a great idea. If it's something that you wanted to do, you can also partner with a local organization and you could trade items back and forth. So you could say, look, I've been putting in X, Y, and Z and it's been going out every day. Do you have more of this? And I could give you the stuff that has been sitting here or whatever. And you can do yeah. like a, a trade. Um, and then make sure that you're supporting, uh, organizations at a larger scale. So, uh, if you are really are in, if you really want to help with this, like if this is something that you just feel like it's fallen on your heart, um, look at fighting hunger uh, with a with a specific organization like the Harry Chapin Food Bank or you know whichever local chapter if it's like Feed the Homeless Coalition or whatever, um, because they are really tied in and they also get money. Bless you. They also get money at the local level that can help with those projects and feed more people. So there is a way to take this little t- local thing that you're working on in your neighborhood and bringing that ripple effect to making it bigger and all of that. I was just going to say, hopefully this lady starts a ripple. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there are, you can go to the national feeding America network, which is a website that you can go to and check out more information there. Uh, I just thought that this mom was, it, I just thought it was great. I thought everything that she was doing and the fact that she saw a need and the fact that she herself had had this need previously. And she thought this is something I need to do to help. Yeah. You know, that's I thought what it happens. Was, People who have been through Ellie hard time. Gibson, Ellie Gibson is her name. She lost her husband in a tragic accident and was left with a one and a half year old son and daughter on the way. And she was, became a single mom who needed help and now she's helping others. So I just, I think that's great. Yes. Good job, Ellie. 
All right. Um, and shifting gears to uh, a movement, the hashtag Free Britney movement. I didn't know this was a thing until you brought it up on one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean Free Britney? Like, where? what are we freeing her from? I thought it was ridiculous. I thought mm-hmm. it was um, some celebrity stunt. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned it on the one of the conspiracy er- seri- conspiracy theory episodes, and you were like, "No, really, like she's under this conservatorship and yada yada." And so, and I didn't know what a conservatorship was either, so I did the Google. Yep. And I was like, "Wow, this is like a legitimate thing. Like her father is in charge of her entire life." Same with birds. One of these days, you're going to realize. Okay, I'm not. Gonna... I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um. So I started reading a little bit more about the Free Britney movement. And then a couple weeks ago, the New York Times, which they do a series called The Framing of, and it's various people, this past one. Oh. It's a New York Times series. I didn't know that. Yes. And so they did Britney Spears as one of these episodes. Got it. And... I watched it and I was, I was seeing this in a whole new light because I saw this unfold in real time, but I was seeing it through the lens that the media wanted me to see it. And I was not seeing it as this young woman who was launched into stardom, who then ended up having children, having a terrible divorce, having her children ripped from her. And then literally having a public meltdown comprised with mental health issues, potentially drugs and alcohol and other things, and then getting swept up into this conservatorship where her father completely took control of her life. Yeah. I think that uh, now that mental health is being talked about more often and we're kind of chipping away at that stigma, a lot more people get it and can relate and can understand, but... I I watched the documentary and I I'm not trying to sound like a know-it-all or whatever but I'm I'm not surprised one bit. I mean, not even a little bit. It makes a lot of sense. Like it it's clear to me anyway. And because I've been following this free Britney thing, it's clear to me that that's what happened. Is that back in the two, you know, mid 2000s, cell phones weren't as prevalent as they are for the internet. And so it was this era of when you got your information, you got it from TRL, if it had to do with music, you got it from gossip magazines, if it had to do with celebrities. And so where there's a demand, there's got to be a supply and people were buying and they became addicted to getting these pictures. But um, it, she's definitely a product of what happens when you're, you live under a microscope and everything you do is scrutinized and it's that cancel culture. She went from being this idol to being hated on. And then people started feeding off of that hate and Mm -hmm. that became the news and that's happening today. You see it every day. Morgan Whalen, is that his name? He was on his front porch and the, his neighbor had been secretly videotaping him for some time, days and days. And then one day she caught him coming home in the middle of the night, wasted with a friend. And he was talking to another friend and he was telling him to take care of his friend 
and said, take care of that N-word for me, talking about his friend. And then the video went viral and his record label dropped him and the radio doesn't play his songs anymore. And it's, you know, not that it's unjustified, but it's news. And that news spreads like wildfire. And that's what happened to her, I think. Well, and it's funny because they're interviewing these um, paparazzi and the guy yeah. and the guy looks at the looks at the interviewer and he said she never told us she wanted to be left alone. And then they play this clip of her saying, Can, "Please leave me alone. Just leave me alone." And he goes, "She just meant that day." Yeah. She just wanted to be left alone that day. And it's like, "No, bitch. I think she meant in general she needed a damn break. She did in the beginning, I'm sure it felt wonderful to know that you were wanted by all of these people and they wanted to know everything about you and snap your photo and this, that, and the other thing. But after having that in your face, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, she's saying, leave me alone. Let me have a meal with a friend. Let me have some time. And the whole head shaving incident and then what her her trying to attack that specific paparazzi with the umbrella and she smashing on his car. It's like she was done. Well, she was going, she was like desperate to see her kids yep, she and was, she was trying to go to Kevin's house to see them and he wouldn't let her in. Yep. And so there's that devastation. Right. And she just snapped and I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I think it, one of the things that was really clear is that they, it shifted from documenting her to demanding things of her, right? The coverage, you you get to that level and, and you don't get to just produce your music and and share that with the world at, at some point there's some threshold with levels of fame where the the public the media everyone then it's expected that you perform on their schedule in their way and you have to deliver or like you said you get canceled if you don't if you don't live up to their expectation yeah it, photos of her were going for up to a million dollars a piece yeah it was and this, the position that had put her in and then her father just completely exploited the situation with his team of lawyers and they came in and they basically turned the conservatorship into a business where mm. she was just making them a ton of money and she did her whole stint at, in Vegas, right? She did the whole Vegas show, uh, for years and she finally was just like, no, I'm not mm -hmm. working again until, and here's the best part. She understands logically that she needs help running her estate. She just doesn't want her father doing it. Right. So she was like, look, I need a conservatorship or I need estate help. I need somebody to be in charge of my finances and help me with my, with my management, but I don't want it to be him. And that's right. what she's saying. And it's like, well, she's a 40 year old woman. She shouldn't have to fight with a court. To say my dad shouldn't be in charge of my money anymore. She's 40 mm -hmm. friggin' years old. Like the entire thing was so misogynistic. The entire thing was disgusting and degrading. The way she was interviewed by Barbara Walters, the way uh, Justin Timberlake played that entire angle of her being, um, you know, ju just everything about it. It was, it grossed me out. It, it made me just, I felt so bad for this woman. And I sat there and I thought to myself, because I was a parent in 2008, you know, I had, I had my, uh, oldest 
I had Sophia in 2009 and then Brian in 2010. So I was a mom when she was going through this. And I sat back and I thought to myself, what if I was going through a terrible divorce like that and my partner was trying to keep my kids from me? I'd have lost it. I'd have gone Mm. completely berserk. Yeah. Publicly, privately, you name it. I'd have lost it as well. She was losing it underneath in a fishbowl. With the globe watching. Yeah. And I um, think that... Oh, it's Diane Sawyer, not Barbara Walters. Diane Sawyer. Sorry. Um, I forget what I was going to say. But yeah, hopefully some progress will be made and she can get her life Well, they have. There has been some since that aired... And since she put in her last... And here's the the other thing that is kind of interesting and kind of cool about this story. There was a podcast... That brought a lot of this to light. Yeah, I saw that. And that podcast, they interviewed these women who have the podcast that started the Free Britney movement. Um, their podcast kind of started the wheels going into motion of getting this conservatorship changed and having it looked at. And that's the reason that the New York Times did the Framing Britney piece uh, because they believed that there was merit to what was going on and a lot of people have uh, rallied around the whole free Britney, liberate Britney um, campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. But they did say that the dad, the new, uh, the new information states that the dad, Jamie Spears, is no longer allowed to be the sole uh, financial, what's the word, in terms of the conservatorship, the sole financial dictator the person who's in charge of, of everything in terms of her conservatorship. So there has been some progress moving forward with that. And uh, she did the one thing that she knew she could do to stop the wheels from turning a little bit. And that was, she stopped working mm-hmm. and she said, they, you know, they want to do this to me. They can't make me work. They can't make me tour. They can't make me um, write songs. They can't make me do these things, so I'm going to do what I can in order to kind of hinder their progress, which was of just making money off of her. Well, yeah, and I like I have so many thoughts. I could talk for a day about it, about Hollywood and the behind the scenes stuff. And me and you, uh, we're a fraction of the scale that she is, but we have a unique perspective in that you and I both have had conversations with production companies for television shows and agents and all this stuff. And literally all they care about is money Mm -hmm. and followers and not the person. And I could easily see how somebody who is young and impressionable could become a tool for people to make money. And that's, that's what happened. And I hope that she gets to live out the rest of her life doing what the hell she wants on an island all by herself away from the paparazzi. That's all she ever wanted was just peace. And she wanted her family first and singing on the side. Right. And so she has, you know, I've been following her on Instagram since I started doing some more research on this just because I wanted to kind of see, um, because they did say that her messages were very cryptic and she yeah. put posts up and, and make statements. But I read the the one post that just said, I'm just trying to figure out what a normal life looks like. And that's what I want. I want to be normal. I want to live my life. I want to raise my kids. I want to do things on my own terms. And I was like, mm-hmm. why, why is it an argument? 
for that to even happen. Like let the woman live her life. Let the woman raise her kids and figure out what her normal looks like. Yeah. That shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be, uh, painted in a negative light. She's just trying to figure out what the hell normal looks like. So let her do that. You know, um, people aren't going to let her do that. Well, she's going to have to make that happen for herself and literally go to an Island once she gets out of the shit. Well, I think if she um, can find the right legal team to help her with this conservatorship and get it into the proper hands of people who are going to basically just worry about the estate planning portion of it, where they take care of her money for her and get her set up so that, you know, her money goes to the right places. She's making the proper investments because you got to think without her working, she's still making 60, I think they said million dollars a year just by being Britney Spears. Right. With investments or royalties or, you know, previous records or whatever. So she's making mm-hmm. a large sum of money just by being Brittany. Yeah. So she needs somebody who can help her get that set and then move forward for when she does want to get back out and tour and dance and sing and do all of the things that she's great at. You know, yeah. she's a performer. Um so she needs to find the right team, whatever that looks like. But I think that, unfortunately, that's a really slow process in the court system. Um, but All they right. did have their first setback this past week where her father was not allowed to be the sole executor of the financial piece any longer. So good. So it is happening. And these women who did the Free Britney podcast have, um, you know... They're, they've made a big impact on that, on that. I don't want to call it a campaign. I don't even know what you'd call it though. I think it is kind of like a, I guess, I don't know if that's a movement. Yeah. I don't know if it's the right term, but it definitely, you know, they, they were big Britney fans and they saw this as what the hell is happening to her. Cause when I watched the, the part where she was getting ready to announce her new, her new Vegas show or her new tour or whatever. And she literally walked all the way through and then got yeah. in another limo and was just like, peace out. I'm not mm-hmm. doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and Mario Lopez was on the red carpet, like what's happening. And it's like, she's not interviewing today, Mario. Uh, go back for, go, go back to the devil for more Botox. I swear that man hasn't aged <laughs> the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? They say made a deal with the devil. He looks the same as he did when he was AC Slater on Saved by the Bell. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. He looks exactly the same. How do you look that how do you look that good at his age? Jeans. Maybe. I don't know, man. He Okay, so speaking of age, I I told you a a few weeks ago when that kid was like, Oh, I was born the year after you graduated from college. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm just starting my midlife crisis or what, but are you going to schedule your midlife crisis? I, I don't know. Oh, so happy Gilmore is 25 years old this year. Yeah. It came out last year. I mean, 25 it, years it, old, but it didn't silence of the lambs is 20 or 30 years old. I don't remember. That's, that's old too. Yeah. We're old. I, it's depressing. I'm not old. So I was, I was talking to Meredith about like these movies and things. I'm, I just pulled up a list. I'm going to, these are all movies from the eighties and nineties. So those would be 20 to 30 years old. Mario Lopez is a vampire. Somebody uh, said. Eighties <laughs> are, oh, yeah. Right. 
Yeah, 80s were like over 30 years ago. Yeah, 1980, yeah. I'm 40. Yeah, well, we'll go to 90s. You want just 90s? We'll, we'll label under. Stick. I don't want any of them. It sounds depressing. It, I got a new tattoo. Oh, nice. nice. What'd you get? I'm just kidding. I got it on Amazon. What? <laughs> you heard. That's a fake tattoo? I got tattoo? it on Amazon. That's a fake tattoo? Yeah. That's nice. Okay. Thanks. Are you thinking Whatever. about getting it as a tattoo? So you wanted to try it first? I wanted to try the area. <gasps> that makes sense. See if I want to go all the way around the arm or not. I think you should. I like Thanks. it. I think it looks it looks it, like it goes there. Yeah. That I wasn't feel. me trying to flex. I was trying to. I would go all the way I around the arm. All right. Yeah. Bet. That's what I want to do. I want to get a sleep. All right. Let's hear the movies. You're such a baby. There's no way you're so, getting a tattoo. All right. So this is from the 90s. Um, Half-baked. Love it. Basic instinct. What are, uh, are we doing years? What just, are you telling no, me? No, I'm just, 20? these These are 20 years old. These are some movies that, like, they just came out. Okay, Half-Baked but... is 20 years old? Yeah. Half-Baked was 1998. So it's 22 years old. Or 23. Basic Instinct was 92. Yeah, that's old. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find some more. Tommy Boy. Classic. Happy mm -hmm. Gilmore, we talked about. I mean, Space Jam. Love it. What year? Space Jam. Was, I don't know. Let's see. It was. I have the tape. Yeah, ninety six. I have the Space Jam. Tape. I know really weird random sister things act that don't help anybody. Whoopi. American Beauty. Uh, yeah, ninety eight. What was that? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. What? Uh, American Pie. I just know stupid stuff. Two thousand and one. What was that? That was ninety nine. Ninety nine. Shit. You haven't known any of them except. Yeah, one. she got one. She's I'm got close. ten. She's, she's like, got I just ten know options. Things. There are ten options, right? And she got one. There are 10 options, you know none of them. The Fifth Element. That was my... Ah, uh, 97. It was. That was my favorite movie. I've never seen that. What is it about? I've watched that movie probably 100 times. What is that about? Aliens? Uh, yeah, The Fifth Element. Oh, I always get that one and the one with the girl with the red hair confused. She's got red hair in that. Oh, yeah. That's not about aliens. Is that the one where the guy Her. got laser cut up? Mm, no. Cut up with a laser in I the hallway? I have no she idea what's going on. Oh, Sleepless. I get that in the fifth. What's the one with the guy who played on Mr. Holland's Opus? Oh, I don't know. It's about aliens. This is Bruce fifth Willis. Dimension or something. I got uh, nothing. Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, that's a good one. Men in Black. Austin Powers. Mm, there's a lot of right? those. I mean, and it's it's funny because I uh, some of these movies I've shown the kids, and this is what had me thinking about it. So you see movies, and, and same with music today, and I look at it, and I'm like, how do they find this entertaining? How do they enjoy any of this? It's just trying to be as obnoxious as possible. And then everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But some of these movies I've shown the kids and they know the lines. Like they've seen them once. We've watched Dumb and Dumber. We've watched all the, the Adam Sandler movies. And they're funny for decades across generations. Yeah. And, and I don't see that. We don't see that now. Nope. Uh Wayne's I feel World. like all old people say that, though. Like, our parents said that about our stuff, too. I know. Don't, I know. Anyway, so it just had me feeling old. Wayne's World. Let me Wayne's see what the World. number one, Part of time. what's number one on this list. Excellent. Okay. No. Yeah. Pretty Woman. Classic. What? Never saw it. 1990. <gasps> what? I know. I know. Office Space. That was a great one. That is a good one. Silence of the Lambs. Ew, that just unlocked a weird memory Ooh. of a boy I was dating. Okay. 
He invited me over to watch Silence of the Lambs. Never mind. Oh, Goodwill Hunting. That was a good one. I mean, it's Boys in the Hood. That was a good one. Scream, the Scream movies. Meredith <laughs> tried to show that to the kids. I forgot how Meredith. scary they were. Friday, the- Fight Club, Matrix movies. I think I saw one Matrix. Jurassic Park, The Big Lebowski. I've never seen one. The Big Lebowski. Mm. Pulp Fiction, that's number Pulp one on the list. Pulp Fiction was great. Lion King. I mean, just, uh, anyway, I just... I think I know every word to The Lion King. Oh my gosh, don't even talk to me about Disney movies from childhood, I'll cry. Okay. I don't know. I, anyway, I'm going to I'm gonna go buy a sports car today <laughs> and, and get some hair plugs. And you then know what? I'll, you do what you, you I support you. I, my doctor, I was at a doctor's appointment the other day and he had hair plugs and I could see all of them. Maybe they're new. They had to be new. And I felt bad because I kept looking at them while he was talking to me. And then I was like, does he know that I'm looking at them? And so then I wouldn't look at him anymore because right. I assumed he knew that I knew that he knew that I was right. looking at his hair plugs. Yeah. So I just did this. Avert your eyes. I averted my gaze. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, I'm going to go be depressed. I'm going to eat some more cookies. Don't be oh Dave. Cookies. Yeah. Look, so. I'm not depressed. I'm totally cool with 40. Like, let's go. I yeah, I, I think it's too. a blessing. I I was too, and for some reason, when when that kid said, oh, "I was born after you, after you left college," well, because people kept having kids, Dave. They didn't stop with our generation. <laughs> we have kids. We I have know. a child who, in one month, can get his learner's permit to drive. You want to feel um, old? There you go. That doesn't make me feel old. Our child, you're going to have to teach our child how to drive. Starting next month. You know what pushed me over the edge? I saw Adam Sandler recreating the Happy Gilmore shot on On Instagram. Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm old. Now he, he looks old. Oh yeah. He, he's eight. What I'm saying is he's aging appropriately. He's not aging like a Hollywood alien. He's not aging like a Hollywood alien. Cause there are some people in Hollywood that you're like, this is unsettling. Why haven't you aged? And then you see people like Adam Sandler. It's like, nope, you look appropriately aged. Dude, Gwen Stefani? Not okay. Gwen Stefani looks exactly the same as she did when she was in No Doubt that's, that's in okay. 1994. Shut up, Dave. And it's wrong. Everything about it is wrong. It's like, how? No, I think she looked better in 94 than she does now. Well. Not because she was younger. She, was, she just looks weird now. She doesn't look weird. She literally she looks, looks exactly exact same. the same. No, no. No, the same. The exact same. Yeah. Nice try, but okay. Well, all righty then. We um, okay. What an interesting episode. Make we, sure that you join us next week. <laughs> we kind of went everywhere, didn't we today? Yes. Food pantries, right. Hollywood vampires. J Lo's almost sixty. Can See, we do a whole that's ep- not. That's not. Nobody who is almost sixty looks like J Lo. Is nobody. she really that old? Nobody. Jennifer Aniston is what fifty? What? Oh, J-Lo's only 51. Oh, almost. That's what I was going to say. That's Gwen not Stefani's right. 51. Jennifer Aniston's 52. 52. I knew she had turned 50 a couple years ago. So you have Jennifer Aniston, J-Lo, and Gwen Stefani looking the way they do at 50, 52 years old. Yeah. What, is, what, what, are, what are the rest of us supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? I just don't like the bar that they're setting. They, you can't, it can't even be a bar. I have a friend of mine that's my age who's a grandfather. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio is 46. I kind of feel like he looks 46. <laughs> He's 
No, he doesn't. Sure, he does. He looks like a kid. No, I saw some pictures where he looked. Does he have kids? No, no, Uh, he's not married either, right? He never married. Not yet. We haven't met. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Okay, let's end on that note. Yes, we love you. Join us next week for another episode of Take It. Or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents hosted by two struggling moms who have no, no idea, idea what we're doing. We love you. Bye. See you guys next time.